Hello and welcome to another episode of People Who Suffer, a podcast dedicated to helping those of us who suffer, suffer less. So today I'd like to talk about this thing that we call rejection and the feeling that goes along with it. And it comes from a lot of different things. It may come from a sense of failure, as in my actions weren't good enough. It may come from dismissal of a gift. Perhaps it didn't feel well received, and then you feel undervalued or underappreciated. It may come from a a challenge in a relationship where uh, if it's a committed relationship, then quite often we're able to overcome challenges simply by the nature of the relationship itself, that it's committed. And one of the beautiful things actually about overcoming things like that in a committed relationship, and we will talk about this on a further podcast, um, but one of the beautiful things about, about doing that is that it gives us a clear example of what is available to us in an uncommitted relationship or in a relationship that we may view contextually as uncommitted. So that's for another time. But right now, I would like to go back to the feeling of rejection. Now, I have had a couple of things occur for me in the last six months that have been outside of my normal experience. Um, One of them, for example, is six months ago, I had what ultimately was probably going to be the loss of a very important relationship because of the way some things occurred that were seen to be not actually what they were intended to be, but were seen in such a way that uh, a a personal friend of mine um, decided that we would no longer be friends, that uh, I had been seen for, you know, the reality of how I was. And And that was an extraordinarily painful thing for me. As a matter of fact, it kind of disrupted and derailed the experience of the previous four years that I had had since having the awakening experience that I shared on, I believe, uh, the third episode of this podcast, um, the story of how it all changed. I think that's what that episode is called. And when that happened for me four years ago, I I entered this space of being okay with everything and of feeling like everything was good, Um, not being offended, feeling like I was perpetually uh, intent on serving others in whatever way I could. Now, my outer life probably didn't reflect this all the time. If you happen to be around me in the last four years, you you may or may not have seen that. But I think a lot of people who were around me did see it. And the people closest to me got to see the difference that that experience made in my life. 
and the drastic nature of that change. But really the most important thing isn't what others see, it's what you see. And so I had this experience of suffering for the first you know, number of years of my life and, and always feeling like there was something wrong, I wasn't maybe good enough. And I was so careful about things that might hurt my feelings or offend me. And because of that, I limited my experience greatly to, uh, to being protective of myself or the self I thought I was, the, that I thought was me. Now, uh, that went away for four years. And then in the spring of this year, I had this experience of rejection that was apparently too powerful for the way I had been living to handle. And I, I went back up into my identity and tried to figure out what I'd done wrong, tried to find a way that I could avoid feeling like this again. Um, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like I have often said this, that uh, I had a pet that I had dreamed of having for a long, long time. And uh, that pet we finally got, and was, he was so great for the kids. It was a cute little dog. And, and that dog died um, very tragically by being poisoned. And, you know, the details of it are not important, but the, the details of the experience of it are important. It emotionally hurt so badly when I lost that dog, that I kind of chose then and there to not become that attached to a dog ever again. And I, I, we did try to replace that dog with a couple of others and were unable to find the same connection. And, and those, those dogs didn't quite work out and, and they got adopted by other families. They're doing quite well. But uh, but that emotional scar for me persisted for a long time, and I still kind of tell people, listen, I, I'm not going to get another dog because I don't want to go through that again. Now, there's some truth to that, and it's also just a story that I share because I probably would get another dog if the circumstances of my life were a little bit different because of the feeling of love of having a dog. So this is not really where I wanted to go with this. I kind of got off on a tangent there, but let's go back to the feeling of loss. And so I had that feeling of loss in the spring of this year, and, uh, and, and that persisted with me for a while and kind of stopped me in my tracks from pursuing new relationships that might get to that level of connection to protect myself against that feeling of loss. Well, I felt like I had mostly gotten past that and that relationship actually was, was remedied, resurrected, reconnected, and it's now beautiful and we both recognize that we want that relationship more in our lives than uh, we could ever imagine having it not there. So that that has gone. And, and, and actually, when that occurred, it freed me up to a degree from that fear 
of reliving a painful experience like that. However, I had one a couple of days ago that did the same kind of thing to me. And I say to me as though it was something external happening to me. It it wasn't. It was something that occurred that I interpreted in a certain way and had a certain experience around. And it's this. when, When I work with people, before I work with them, I want them to know, first of all, what's available to them. And I want them to know why and how I may be able to help them see what's available to them. And my real desire, above all other desires that I have, is to help people who suffer, suffer less. Now, the reason that I'm able to help people in that way is because I suffered, and now I suffer less, and I know why. So, My desire is to help people in whatever way I can with that. And a lot of the people I help are young, don't have a lot of money. But why should that be a determining factor in whether or not they are able to see things that will help change their experience of life? Like, I don't believe that money should be the deciding factor. So I offer, well, up until now, and this may change, I don't know, But up until now, I gift people two conversations with no strings attached, no financial commitment, nothing. Just be committed to the time we spend together and I will do the best I can to share what occurs with me or what occurs to me with the person I'm with in, in, and, and hopefully they will hear something in that that will help them see their own experience differently. And every person that I talk to, there is a very different way that that occurs because it really depends on what I hear and what occurs to me to share. So a couple of days ago, I was having a new uh, a conversation with someone I didn't know who had reached out to me through my website. And um, I got the feeling during the conversation that this person was a little uncomfortable and resistant to what I was sharing and, and perhaps the way I was sharing it. Now, I don't have an issue with this thing that that most people refer to as vulnerability. As a matter of fact, I don't even consider it vulnerability because vulnerability, uh, the word itself to me means that I'm doing something that I feel uncomfortable with. And I have a, my own personal definition of vulnerability, which if you understand the way I refer to the difference between who we are and who we think we are, you will know that I refer to who we think we are as our identity. And vulnerability to me is nothing other than identity in the moment being willing to expose itself from itself. Now, vulnerability doesn't exist in the spiritual truth of who we are because the spiritual truth of who we are 
feels no need to protect itself. It knows its value. There's no question about it. It doesn't require vulnerability. It just simply is. And so anyway, I was sharing things in a way that from identity would be perceived as vulnerable. And again, to me, just doing what occurs to me. And this person, I think, was mildly uncomfortable with that. And, uh, and then something occurred, which in the four and a half years I have been coaching and offering people two gifted sessions, something occurred which has not occurred for me before, which is we, we scheduled our follow-up conversation And then a few hours later, I got an email that said, uh, thank you, but I, I won't be pursuing any further conversations with you. Now, this came as a surprise to me, probably mostly because I'd never received uh, a communication like that before. In the four and a half years I've done this, I've not had anyone say, I don't want a follow-up conversation. Um, and so, well, there was one person, but that one person was about three years ago, and I knew going in that that was likely to be the outcome because I knew that what I was going to share was going to be very far outside of the way this one person saw the world. So that one did not come as a surprise to me. This one did. And I found that I was caught in identity. And, and for a moment, this feeling of disappointment or rejection washed through me. And it was very much like the feeling of being on stage singing with an orchestra in front of an audience of thousands of people and realizing as it comes up to your turn to sing, that, uh, that I can't remember the words. And that has happened to me a couple of times, and it's, it's shocking. And, and what happens is this enormous feeling, well, for me anyway, this enormous feeling of desperate fear and just heat washes from the top to the bottom and goes through me. And I think it's just very similar to the feeling of embarrassment that causes people to turn bright red, only it's it's more powerful than that because of the lasting effect. Like embarrassment, I think, can wear off relatively quickly, whereas rejection tends to get carried much longer. And again, nothing I say is 100% true and accurate. It's just observationally maybe statistically probable or likely. So so I had this feeling of rejection and I did not know what to do. And that also is a is a bit of a rare experience for me in the last four days or four years. Um, the previous 48 years, I never knew what to do. Uh, and in the last four years, generally, I've, I've had a good idea of what to do when called upon. So uh, I found myself not feeling very good. And the first thing I went to was questioning whether or not I wanted to do more of this. Um, 
And I realized that it did remind me of the feeling I had in the spring during that, that feeling of rejection. And it brought that back for me. So I decided that I would sleep on it before I responded, and I did. And then I responded the next day, and I actually pondered over what my response would be for some time. And I don't know if the response was good or bad or right or wrong. It was simple and it was clear. And what I did notice was a feeling of okayness when I sent it. And I was on a call with uh, one of my best friends in this world who I was fortunate enough to meet at a Three Principles event a few years ago. And uh, we connected and are still in very, very regular connection. His name is Paul Merck, by the way. You would have difficulty finding him online because he doesn't produce a lot of content, but he could. He could produce an enormous amount of content that would serve anyone who heard it. But anyway, we have uh, weekly conversations together. And uh, it occurred to me to share with him this thing that had happened the day before, and I did. And I shared with him the okayness that I felt when I sent that email. And it was a combination of my presence and his presence that brought me into a state of feeling more okay than I had felt in six months. And it was then that I realized that the previous six months, I haven't quite felt okay. There's been something that was just a little bit off with me. And in the moment we had this connection, that went away. And so I, was, I found myself in a feeling of awe and gratitude and love and contentedness and consciousness and forgiveness and awareness and you know, all of those things that are words that we could use to, find, to define the spiritual truth of who we are. I found myself in that feeling and I just knew that I was okay. Now, I share this with you because I would imagine that there are many of you out there experiencing similar things, feelings of rejection, feelings of not being good enough, feelings of discomfort that maybe indicate that something is just a little bit off. And if you can find yourself in a conversation with someone where both of you are present, then the experience that you will have is the experience of being seen combined with the experience of seeing because the identity will fall away. And when it does, you will feel a sense of okayness that the identity is not capable of feeling. And the next thing that will occur is that your world will look different. 
concern with what others think of you, gone. Fear of whether or not you're doing the right thing, gone. Doubt about your current life, gone. And from that feeling, you will get to get up out of your chair and move through the world with ease and understanding. And everything will feel slower whether or not it is. It, it, it will feel that way. And um, I was reminded actually during that conversation of uh, recording that I had done for when I was speaking for a group in the UK a number of months ago. And it was, it was a talk on neurodiversity. And um, someone asked me, what is the biggest thing that has changed or what has changed in your life since you discovered the difference between who you are and who you think you are? Because that's obviously what I was talking about during that, that talk. And I said, well, it would be impossible for me to tell you what has changed in my life since, since that uh, discovery, because I would have to relate to you every moment of every day because every moment that I experience now I experience differently than I did prior to that understanding and I said so let me share with you my favorite uh, noticings and my favorite experiences now and they're not grand and they're not a big deal and yet they are and I said, the things that I find to be my favorite moments in life now are when I'm in solitude. I may be sitting on the couch or driving in the car or standing in the yard, not experiencing any input and feeling so good, feeling beautifully content and calm and peaceful feeling all the things that I sought to feel for so many years and couldn't. And I'm really reminded of that right now because even though I have felt it fairly regularly for the last six months, I have not felt it the way I do now and the way I did after I had that conversation with my friend Paul. And so people will so often ask me, what's available in a conversation? And I will say possibility. And the possibility that is available to us in conversations is the possibility for us to see ourselves, experience ourselves, and thereby see everything in our world differently. So that is my short conversation around rejection today. And if any of you uh, has a desire to reach out to me or talk to me further about that, I will make myself available for a gifted conversation to discuss whatever it is you want to discuss. And I appreciate you for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye for now.